Hey, welcome to the official podcast of St. Luke Amy Church located in Garland, Texas. I am Pastor Amos St. John. And I am Pastor Jasmine St. John. We are the lead pastors of St. Luke Garland. And we're so excited that you have decided to listen to this podcast. Listen, we pray that the message you are about to hear will bless you right where you are. If you want to know any more information about our church, you can visit us at org. Now, get ready for the word. I am so excited that you have joined us for worship today. And I pray that this uh, worship experience has blessed you this far. Oh, but it is now preaching time. And I'm so glad to be back in the sanctuary for the first time in nine or ten months. Listen, I know uh, that it's been a while, but I'm so glad that God truly does meet us right where we are. He will meet you in your living room. He will meet you in the car. He will meet you at work. And I'm so glad that it does not matter where we worship and how we worship. God still will speak to us. And so if you are glad to be worshiping with us this morning, come on and put some hearts and likes. Come on and uh, put some emojis in the comments section and share this worship experience on your timeline. Listen, the first part of this year, we are talking about the power of one. Each and every single week, we're going to bring forth a message that unpacks that overall arching theme for 2021, the power of one. Pastor Amos began our series last week with going after the one where he preached about us being uh, disciples and going after the one. But first, before we do that, we was we must make sure uh, that we uh, seek oneness. And so this morning, I'm going to continue uh, the series with a message entitled You're the One. So if you would turn with me to the book of Matthew, the sixth chapter. And in our text this morning, Jesus has just preached the Sermon on the Mount. He has just appointed his disciples and he is going about traveling and teaching to his disciples and the crowds that gather about giving, praying and fasting. And so I felt that that text is where God would want us to start this morning. in. And so I'm not going to read you the entire context, but in your own private time, I want you to go ahead and read Matthew, the entire sixth chapter. I'm only going to lift for you a few verses uh, this morning. So beginning at verse two, it says, when you give to someone in need, skip down to uh, verse six there. And it says, but when you pray now jump down to verse 16 and when you fast, that's it. When you give, when you pray, And when you fast, let us pray. Oh, God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this preaching moment. God, we thank you that you still have a word for us, specifically for us. Now, God, I pray right now that you open up our ears and open up our hearts to receive this, your word this morning. It's in Jesus name that I pray. Amen. Come on title of this sermon this morning is you're the one come on and put in the comments you're the one I want to take you to a place virtually it's called Death Valley and it looks something like this it's described to be the lowest hottest 
driest portion of North America. It is a structural depression that is about 140 miles long and roughly 15 miles wide. It's a land of dangerous extremes. Uh, uh, in the hills of yellow dry land, it gets extremely cold during the winter months and dangerously hot during the summer. It was coined Death Valley by a group of traveling pioneers who thought for certain that their shortcut through uh, this valley to the California gold country would be, in fact, their place of death. You see, Death Valley was described to be the driest spot in North America and the hottest place in the world due to it being surrounded by mountain ranges. It has nothing but bare earth, nothing but sand, and it acts like a giant convection oven, allowing nothing to grow there. Ah, but life finds a way. In 2005, Death Valley turned from looking like this to looking like this. The desert had become a garden. The desert that was once dry, desolate, sandy, had become plush with flowers and grass. People traveled from all over the world to study this phenomenon, trying to figure out how could this happen? Well, what happened is that there were seeds in the ground in a very specific condition, a very a specific combination of a perfect temperature and the perfect amount of wind brought about a cloud poured down a brief downpour over this valley. And it's only a less than an inch. The Death Valley now experienced what was called a super bloom. Before then, nothing was growing. Uh, it was a dry and desert like conditions. But that day it had seen a miracle. All types of flowers began to bloom in the desert and there had been countless seeds waiting to sprout lying dormant in the desert. It was under the soil protected, uh, protecting them from blistering heat and waiting to bloom. And this miracle of perfect conditions and the perfect storm allowed them all to sprout and bloom all at the same time. There are times in our life where we feel like we're in the midst of Death Valley, where uh, it seems as if this is going to be the place that we call our final resting place. It may feel like we are in a dry season or a season of extremes that are unbearable. There is nothing growing. There is nothing flourishing. There is nothing successful, no matter how much effort we put into it or no matter how much and how hard we try. May have felt like 2020 was a Death Valley experience because it had harsher than usual conditions. But somebody say, but we are like the seeds in Death Valley that have been protected under the soil as believers from the harshness of the sun that could have scorched you from the roughness of the winds that could have uprooted you early. And I've got news to tell you. This morning, you're the one. You, yes, you, you're 
the one you are the one, the one who is sitting there listening and watching intently to this broadcast. The one who is casually listening to worship, playing in the background while you're doing other things around the house. You're the one, the one who stumbled across this worship experience while you are thumbing through your social media. You're the one, the one who tried this virtual worship experience for the very first time. You're the one, the one who is still trying to figure out what it is that I'm talking about you're the one the one who has been fasting for a week now you're the one the one who is considering starting to fast today you're the one and it's okay to begin today you're the one the one who had doubts the one who felt more confident than ever you're the one the one who has had multiple things to juggle and the one who has had more time on your hands than you could imagine, you're the one also. The one who is growing tired of worshiping only from home and the one who feels like this might be something I could get used to, you're the one. The one who felt unsure, the one who felt more alone in this season and the one who felt like you haven't had a moment's peace this year, you're the one. The one who had to grab a side hustle. Ah, and then after the year that we've had, it turned into your main hustle. You're the one, the one who are experiencing things that you have never experienced or expected before. You're the one, the one who was laid off, the one who's experiencing unemployment and furlough. The one who went through separation or divorce, the one who experienced a miscarriage and death and loss and had to work overtime and unpaid overtime, had their wages garnished or their hours reduced. You're the one. And here this morning we find Jesus teaching his disciples and all who crowded around him about the trifecta, giving, praying and fasting individually. Each act of sacrifice and worship draws us closer to God. It allows us to be in tune with God. Each element adds to the environment in which we can see God more clearly. Each is a part of this Christian journey. It's like this. When we were growing up, we had antenna only operated televisions. Y'all remember antenna televisions? I know it may seem like I did not grow up with an antenna television, but I promise you I did grow up with an antenna television and three channels and the national anthem playing at midnight to let us know and signify that there is no more channel programming. That kind of antenna television. It's not like the digital antenna televisions that are around today, Uh, but on these antenna televisions, In order to get a clearer picture, we had to maneuver the hands of the antenna in such a specific way in order to get a clear picture. And I don't know about your television, but every so often you would get the picture just right. And then out of nowhere, the picture would become fuzzy and become distorted. So you would have to get up and adjust the antenna again. Or if you were like us, you would have to add aluminum foil around the antennas, hoping to get a stronger connection. Life is like the picture on the television screen. There are going to be times in which the picture is clear. 
And there are going to be times where out of nowhere, the picture can become a bit fuzzy and maybe even distorted. Giving is like one arm of the antenna. God calls us to give towards the work of the Lord to offer up a sacrifice. He asks for our time, our talent and our treasure. But here's the thing. Too often do we think when we hear give is that we have to give money that all the church wants is money that all the Bible talks about is money and prosperity. God doesn't want your money. The Bible says in the book of Philippians that God shall supply our needs according to his riches in glory. So he's not after your money. He's after your heart. You see, I can't preach it all in one setting, but a few verses below after he teaches about giving and after he teaches about praying and after he teaches about fasting, Jesus says in verse 18, where your treasure is, there shall be the desire of your heart also. If your desire is to get closer to him, if your desire is to see his work go forth in the kingdom, if your desire is to see ministry grow, if your desire is to see your family be saved, if your desire is to see other families connect with Christ, if your desire is to see someone be delivered, if your desire is to see healing in the body and the mind. If your desire is to see families be set free from poverty, then there is where your treasure should be sown. And let me let you in on this secret. This right here where we are, St. Luke is good ground to sow into. He wants to trust him with our giving in this season. We can't hold on so tight to what he's already given, that our hand is no longer open to receive. We don't want to get to the place that when we get so tight that we don't embrace the fact that God has given each of us the gift to give. We don't have to give. We get to give. Oh, we get to utilize this gift of generosity each and every single week. Also that God doesn't have to question our heart. If it weren't so, he wouldn't have said, when you give. Jesus didn't say if, but he said when. That means that we will be afforded the opportunity to do as he has taught us to do. It's right there in the text. And that's just one arm of the antenna on this television called life. How many of you know that moving one arm sometimes doesn't get the picture back immediately? Ah, you have prayer. Prayer is the other arm on the antenna. Prayer is like moving that second arm of the antenna, communicating and saying, is the picture clear yet? It's the work of prayer and giving together that brings these pixels into alignment. Giving and praying work cohesively together. In other words, they work hand in hand. 
Prayer opens up the lines of communication between us and God. Prayer allows the opportunity to express our gratitude and thanksgiving. It's not only for us to have the opportunity to sup with him and petition on our behalf, but it gives us the chance to speak for those who may not know what to say. Prayer may bring forth about a change in our situation, but if that situation does not change, it will bring about a, a change in us. It'll allow us to have a different perspective and see things with clarity. Prayer is a moment with the divine to speak to God and more importantly, for God to speak back to us. It gives us the space to listen to his still small voice and it gives the opportunity to build a relationship with him through communication. No relationship is established without communication. You can be connected to someone, be interested in someone, but if there is no communication, that relationship will not flourish and it will fade. Well then, what of our relationship with God? If we do not take the time to communicate with him, then that relationship will not flourish and it will fade. And I know some of you, when you heard that we were going into 21 days of prayer and fasting, the first thing you decided to do was check out. And I get it. Trust me, I know. Because you may have prayed before and you didn't get an answer or perhaps you didn't even know what to say or you don't even think that your prayers are being effective. But listen, I love a story. As you know, Luke 11 also gives us another perspective of our text this morning. He is talking about the same thing that Matthew 6 is also talking about. Both capture what we refer to this day as the Lord's Prayer that Jesus taught them when they asked master teach us to pray. But Luke 11 beginning at verse six says teaching them more about prayer. Jesus used this story. Suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight wanting to borrow three loaves of bread. You say to him, a friend of mine has just arrived for a visit and I have nothing for him to eat. And suppose he calls out from his bedroom, don't bother me. The door is locked for the night and my family and I are all in bed. Can't help you. But I tell you this, Jesus says, though he won't do it for friendship's sake. If you keep knocking long enough, he will get up and give you whatever you need because of your shameless persistence. Another translation says shameless audacity. And so I tell you, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receive. For everyone who seeks, finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. So I encourage you today for those of you who still have some prayers that still need to be answered and you may not feel heard. Keep knocking for those of you who have felt like he has not answered. So you have given up 
and you have lost your faith, keep knocking. For those of you who may have been hurt by the church and hurt by people, keep knocking. For those of you who are waiting on miracles and signs and wonders, keep knocking, keep knocking. And the door shall be opened because of your persistence, because of your shameless audacity, keep knocking. And just then, when you thought that the picture could not become any clearer with giving and praying, all of a sudden, the picture begins to jump and it may get a little grainy. Fasting is like the aluminum foil. It's like the icing on the cake. It's when all three come together that the picture becomes like high definition. When you fast. And when you turn your plate down and sacrifice something that may have been distracting you or has taken you away from staying focused, fasting, and it's not just about food. When you fast, it allows for your awareness of him to be heightened. It's the last element to creating an environment that is prime for worship and surrender your total self to his will. It's when you give, when you pray, and when you fast, that the Bible says your father will reward you. It's not what Pastor Jasmine is promising you. It's right there in the text. It says when you give, verse four says, your father who sees everything will reward you. When you pray, verse six says, then your father who sees everything will reward you. When you fast, verse 18 says, then your father who sees everything will reward you. Three times, the Trinity, the trifecta, the big three. It's not a suggestion. It's a lifestyle. It's what God is requiring for us. And it's not for nothing. God is saying, That when we give, when we pray, and when we fast, then our Father who sees everything will reward you. It's the giving and the praying and the fasting that not only creates the perfect picture, but it's creating the right environment for there to be a super bloom experience up in here. There are seeds all over the sanctuary and all over the classrooms, and all over the offices. There are seeds all over Garland and all over North Texas that are waiting to bloom. God has called us for such a time as this, for this 21 days, to embrace the lifestyle of going further in our giving and praying and fasting so that he can reveal his power, so that he can cause seeds that have been lying dormant to begin to bloom and flourish all over this place. By his power, he will reveal to us that there is indeed the power of one. It only takes one to attract one. You see, it only takes one share to share one message preached under the power of one God to save one soul. It only takes one person to give out of their heart and out of their capacity with a glad mind to change one life. It only takes one seed to be planted 
It only takes one vision to be sown that will produce a harvest like none other. It only takes one and you're the one. You're the one that God can use to bring someone to Jesus. You're the one that God can use to bring them into this body of believers. You're the one that God can use to grow his reach through evangelism. You're the one that God can use to grow his reach through outreach. You're the one that God can use to revitalize this place and breathe new life. You're the one that God can use to renovate and restore. You're the one that God has need of to not hold back. God is saying, church, our giving, our praying, and our fasting is creating the perfect conditions for an outpour to come from heaven. And it won't take much to produce a super bloom experience. You're the one. You are the one. As Pastor Amos continues to play, I want you to meditate on that word this morning and receive it today that you are the one. When you give, when you pray, and when you fast, God can do miracles. If you're watching this morning, you don't know about this Jesus that we preach about. You haven't began to open up the lines of communication to get in the right environment. I'm praying right now that you've seen this message and you've heard the word of the Lord and you have decided to give your life over to Jesus Christ. My prayer for you this morning is that you receive the invitation today. You may be saying, Pastor, how do I accept the invitation? And I'm so glad that you asked. All you need to do is pray this prayer with me. Come on, let's bow our heads. Dear Jesus, I am a sinner and I am sorry. Come into my heart this day. I believe that you were born for my sins. I believe that you died and I believe that you were raised from the dead. I give you my heart today so that no matter when anyone asks, I'll be able to say without a doubt that I am saved. I am saved. I am saved. If you prayed that prayer for the very first time, I pray right now that you go ahead and let us know in the comment section or email us privately at info at stlukegarland.org. Or perhaps you have watched these worship experiences and you have decided to be a part of this church body. We invite you now to go ahead and join by sending us an email at info at stlukegarland.org so that we can send back to you additional information in order to walk out this new walk with you. We bless God and thank you for the souls that have been saved today. And we thank you for the hearers of the word. Be blessed. Hey, family, we pray that this word has encouraged and inspired you. And right where you are, go ahead and subscribe to this podcast so that you can listen to the Word of God each and every single week. If you want to know more information about St. Luke Garland or if you want to sew, please visit our website at stlukegarland.org. We'll see you next week.